0: Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra. We're here today with a special edition episode. We got a couple players on today. I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scammer Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. I'm excited, excited to talk to some Red Stars. Me too, homie. I'm here with Bianca Saint Georges and Ella Stevens. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Good. Yeah, You're doing well. <laughs>
0: Thanks guys for hopping on with us. We appreciate it. We know that the tournament is in full swing and it's kind of crazy out there. So I think maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Just sort of general impressions that you guys have going on right now with the tournament and how that's been going for you guys.
2: I feel like uh, We all couldn't really prepare for this type of tournament because it was kind of out of the blue and very spontaneous. Uh, We didn't really know. I mean, we knew on paper what to expect, but we didn't know how we would feel about it until we actually lived it. So honestly, it's been very overwhelming. It's been a lot. Uh, We're still adjusting even if it's two weeks in, but I think it's going way better than I thought. So um, everything was way more organized than I thought and we feel safe. So I think at the end of of the day, it was pretty successful.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's like my first year, so I didn't really know what to expect. Anyway, so I'm just kind of rolling
2: with it right now. It's yeah, nice to have
0: to have low expectations, right? <laughs> <To Yeah>.
3: help, <laughs> I mean, so, you. so Ella, it's it's your it's your straight up your first year. Bianca, it's your first year getting a chance to to play with the team. Um, you come in probably with some idea of what preseason is going to be like, and the whole thing just explodes. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, kind of what you guys went through in the lead up to even the tournament being announced and and joining the team and kind of what that process was like for you guys.
1: Yeah, it was, okay, okay. We'll switch. We'll go. Like you (laughs) first, Um, it was hard. Well, again, like I said, it was the first year. So at the beginning of preseason when everything was going as normal, like it was just lots of news. And then when, we got um, stopped because of coronavirus and then got sent home. That was really hard because we didn't have any to go off of. We didn't know if we were going to come back in, when we were going to come back in. Um, so there was a lot up in the air. It was tough to train on our own, or I'll say, like, speak for myself on my own. Um, and then when we finally found out that we were going to go through with this tournament, I was really excited because um, I just wanted, I wanted to play if it was safe and we were able to do it. So. Um, it got easier once we kind of were given some information on like where we were going to be, what we were going to do, and how we were going to move forward with this.
2: Yeah, I think I'm on the same page for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, for me, it was a little bit of an advantage to have this quarantine because I was not fully healthy coming into preseason. I was still dealing with like pain and just rehabbing. So, this quarantine actually really came in clutch for me i got to recover fully i had um i live with uh zoe and emily on the team so we had each other uh you're allowed to see you know have pt uh if it was super necessary so i had the chance to have that so i got to really fully recover to get ready for this tournament so i'm actually really grateful this happened out of all this negative
0: yes. Just to follow up on that, you know, like I know that you and I spoke a little bit like in the prior season when you were engaged with the stars. you weren't like seeing minutes with them just because you were, you know, rehabbing back from everything, um, but we talked a little bit about uh, how you wanted to come into 2020 and really utilize this year and really try to just take that opportunity in front of you that you knew that you wanted to come back no matter what and try to compete. Can you talk a little bit about going into the off season in 2019 and then hitting the new year and then trying to uh, hit the ground running and get a roster spot here?
2: Yeah. I mean, off season is very hard because I was home. Everybody kind of separates their own way. Um, you're, you're basically trying to figure out what's best for you. You don't have a lot of guidance, especially when you're new, you don't really know who to reach out to and how to go forward with this. Um, it was honestly the most challenging months of, of my career in soccer. Uh, you you know I didn't make a good first impression coming in uh, injured. You don't want to be in that position. So I felt like I had to uh, do even more to prove that I had my, my spot on the team. Uh, so it was a lot of anxiety uh, and dark moments in off-season. But once I came back to Chicago and I had my place again and I had my teammates around me, I kind of got hope as I was getting better and I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> so I was feeling like I, I was finally back on track and just having that little piece of hope and inspiration just got me going forward and it, it showed that all the the hard parts were worth it and it just brought me to where I am today. So it's just like to embrace the the suffering throughout the process to get to where you want to go.
0: Okay. So then like for Ella, like you entered into this preseason just straight up outright drafted in 2020. So it was a little different for you. So can you sort of speak on, in terms of coming in and trying to compete to make the roster, like how that sort of felt coming into a team. Like we hear a lot about the Red Stars, that there's this, uh, you know, there's really established team they've got a core in place. Um, there's always a lot of talk about the cult, the team culture and everything. So what was it like in terms of your perspective trying to come into this and crack the roster?
1: It was tough. I mean, especially when you have players like Morgan B. and Julie in the midfield. Um but I was actually talking about it today. Like, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I'd rather be here training with them every single day getting better than, like, say, on another team where I might play more or start. Um, so I've tried to really embrace that, um, trying to learn from them, watch how they play. But, you know, coming in preseason, it was definitely tough. It's, like, a different level. And you kind of just have to go. Like, like you're not, you don't know what to expect until you're there. Um, and then when it got cut, it was hard because it was, like, you were were just like getting a taste of it and then it was just like gone um so yeah and kind of like what you said I've tried to just appreciate every moment that I get to play um especially when things were cut it kind of makes you appreciate those moments a little bit
3: more
0: so yeah Yeah, maybe let's talk about game minutes a little bit specifically
3: yeah I think we should you guys just dove right into the deep end with this thing especially Bianca (laughs) you've played two full games how is that <laughs> felt?
2: <laughs> well, I, especially after like, oh, I don't. I, my last game was like my last game in college in 2018. So coming in, starting and being, you know, oh, it, especially playing North Carolina in my second game, <laughs> I was <just> like, <laughs> I can't. Can I have a break. I feel like but, people should know
1: that too because I don't know
2: how you did that. It, like uh, maybe, but at the same time, it's like these moments are the moments that I am so happy to have because that's where I grow the most. Like I've learned so much from two games already. And as much as it's hard on the ego to see all the mistakes you make and how you're behind the team, like it's just such growing opportunities that I almost like love the fact that I'm kind of messing up and just like keep your head up and learn and grow. and. I think this tournament is kind of for that because there's so many, like, great players missing in this tournament. So I feel like those are great learning opportunities for every team and every player.
3: Well, it, I mean, we're talking North Carolina, but Portland's no slouch opponent either for you, Ella. What was it like getting yeah. getting your first time against that midfield?
1: That was great. I was – was same. I, I really hoped that they put their, like, starting midfield and I really wanted to play against their starting midfield because I think that's where you can kind of – see where you're at, what you need to improve on, what it's going to take to play in this league. Um, I was really excited and it's good to get my feet wet. And Like you don't really know. I, I keep saying you don't know until you know, but like it's just nice to get into the game, play it, see where you need to improve, but also see like maybe it helps your confidence a little bit. Like, yeah, I can play in this league. Um, so taking the good and the bad from it.
0: Yeah, the the groups got a little bit realigned with everything hap- happening prior to the tournament kicking off. So preparing for uh, a certain amount of teams or a certain style of teams uh, before the tournament and then sort of having to readjust immediately. Yeah. Um, how was dealing with that in terms of having to adjust your mindset pretty quickly in terms of facing different teams?
2: I feel like... I feel like we did really focus on the other teams as much. We were more focused on our own team and how, like, what is the DNA of our team and what do we want to stand out as. Um, we took the first three games as like preseason games where we would take those opportunities to learn and really like know what our strengths and weaknesses were. But now it's game time. We're at the fourth game. I think we're, we're more prepared now than we, we were at the first three games for sure. And now we're starting to focus a little bit more about other teams' tendencies.
1: And it also gave me and a lot of the other rookies an opportunity to play against Portland, um, which might not have happened if the schedule didn't change. So – yeah that was pretty happy yeah
0: was, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah R- Rory talked a, a lot uh, prior to the tournament kicking off we had him on the podcast I think twice before this mm-hmm. the tournament kicked off and he talked a lot about how that was initially always going to be the game plan for you guys to go into this tournament and utilize the group play as something as a bit of a uh, game experience time for a lot of the the rookies a lot of the first year and even second year red size that were coming into uh, this tournament so it's on this end, on our end, it's been pretty dope to watch. We've enjoyed um, seeing all the the new names and the new faces, getting time, and not just getting time, but actually like making an impact on the pitch. Uh, not too sure how close you guys are looking at the numbers and stuff like that, but uh, we're enjoying what we're seeing on our end. It's been a, it's been a real joy to to watch you guys doing the thing. Um, but just to step away from soccer a little bit, because you know that that's boring sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about like the the bubble life. Like, how's have the experience is going? Just sort of on the ground in terms of you know individually or holistically like together as a team experiencing life in the bubble how's that been for you guys
1: I think it's been I've I've enjoyed it because we're all surrounded with each other so I get to like probably see and talk to a lot of the players a lot more than I would if we were back in Chicago all in our own homes so I've really enjoyed it um I also love hotel life like I don't know (laughs) I like it but yeah I just like I like being alone I like we have our own space so that's been really nice um and then I can come like hang out with yeah. Bianca and pizza sometimes yeah <laughs> I
3: don't know I was gonna say Bianca you you were like living three in one little apartment during quarantine and stuff so yeah. it's actually been nice to spread out a little bit um Emily's still my my neighbor <laughs> she's still the closest <laughs> person
2: <laughs> to me <laughs> but, like we still, we can't get enough of each other but it's definitely been such a huge change when I went from off season being by myself alone at home and then moving into, you know, with the two new roommates. I didn't really know Zoe and Emily that much, you know, and actually it turned out to be amazing. And then coming here, I was like, okay, and I get some some alone time. I kind of like it, but then <laughs> some nights I'll creep out and knock on Emily's door and be like, um, taking <laughs> in. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i think after having to deal with a certain amount of isolation for so long it could be a little weird kind of maybe re-entering a bubble where a lot of that is um emphasized a bit in terms of in between the games in between the the trainings and the downtimes, uh you guys hanging out watching anything in particular playing any games we're seeing a lot of players kind of utilize their time differently i mean we're, we're seeing a player like yuki bringing painting into into life um You know, is there anything in particular that you guys are trying to keep up with, whether it's, like, playing a couple games, watching something, reading reading a book? Like, we
2: like like to watch other teams in our league play. We, like, gather for that. Um, We try – honestly, we're still, like, trying to keep, uh, like, this social distancing kind of a thing. Like, we don't hang out, like, ten people in the same room. We're going to be, like, three or four. Um, What else do we do? Like, I watch
1: a lot of Netflix.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching on Netflix right now,
1: I'm trying to watch Grey's Anatomy. Mm. I have watched part of it, like, a while ago, and so now I'm, like, recapping and trying to finish the whole thing
3: so that's a lot of seasons of tv to watch
1: <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna finish it by the time we leave but. yeah
0: i was gonna say that's a real that's a real commitment <laughs> Ella. Exactly. that's exactly. impressive
2: <laughs> <laughs> our dinners are pretty cool too because i feel like mornings everybody kind of likes to eat their own breakfast and then but then as the day goes on it's like all right we kind of miss each other so we'll have dinner like all together in the the dining area so that's pretty that's like a fun time of my night yeah
3: well, and kind of thinking about like pertaining to you know Sandra mentioned at the beginning like Chicago's culture, and there's a strong rookie contingent with the Red Stars this year, probably bigger than they've ever had just because it's a bigger roster. Um, have you guys been mixing it in with the veterans a bit? Like, has there been some like cross hangs and stuff like that, or how has how that kind of how has that kind of been working in the in the bubble?
1: <laughs> I feel <laughs> like good. more with
3: the rookies. Than yeah, I. yeah, that's true.
1: I feel like the rookies stick together for sure for the most part. and It's a little
2: intimidating. It's honestly. I'm just not <laughs> speaking
1: less spoken to, but <laughs> that's not because of the older players. That's just me. Like I'm just going to stay quiet, but they've actually been really welcoming and nice and friendly and helpful in the field and encouraging.
2: So yeah, yeah. There's like
1: mixing for sure. The, the
2: best part comment. is when you make a comment and someone like a veteran on the team starts to laugh and you're like, yes, that's you're a like, great day. <laughs>
0: from some, some real freshmen making the senior classmen vibes going on yeah, okay. making them laugh vibes that's good that's good i like that <laughs> um i know i mentioned a little uh, i cracked the joke about uh her penny, but I, re- I really enjoyed sort of seeing um players try to make this space kind of feel like home we're seeing her doing her painting and gifting paintings i'm gonna ask if she gave one of you guys one yet but we've also seen like a player like tori huster a veteran like she brought a whole coffee machine of her own um there is there any stuff that you guys brought to maybe sort of make you feel more comfortable and if you didn't now that you've had some time to adjust in the bubble are you thinking back like man i maybe should have brought a b or c
2: i brought a lot of stuff to do like to entertain myself for real but what's really cool is like <laughs> when I like uh Zoe Morse on the team like we just started talking one day about like a certain podcast and we realized we kind of like the same topics so like every day we come to each other and we're like oh would you would you listen today or what'd you do this morning like did you go on your walk and listen to this so it's like kind of fun to learn about the outside of soccer things of other people and then you kind of relate to or you learn from them like I think that's really cool yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I think I brought matcha, my matcha powder. That's not really it. I would love to have brought candles. I wish I
3: did. Oh I yeah, <laughs> candles are dangerous, though. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> over, here, I'm over here
0: nodding <laughs> my head for people who can't see. I'm the opposite. I'm nodding my head and I'm like, yes, like candles <laughs> would be great. Like that would have been such a good, <laughs> yeah. really set the mood, for, like bring bring it yeah. down if you need I'm to more concerned it
3: with fire safety. I know. <laughs> I got in
1: trouble in my dorm room
2: grabbing candles. I don't think that's gonna stop now. It's yeah. you know, a rule, you know, um, I don't know. You can't smoke, so I feel like it's kind of the same. Yeah, um, well, my candles <laughs> smell good, so it's like yeah, you're right. It's like a- yeah, you're another type of smelly.
0: So. <laughs> you guys have um, you guys have been uh out there for a little while now the The group stages have uh, the group play has been underway already it's it's about to be drawing um to a close and we talked a little bit about that preseason time and how so much of that was impacted by everything that's going on you know with with covid and everything that's going around us um socially as well um so in terms of just like the the city and having experiences in there um did you ha- have enough time to spend, like, within Chicago, Ella, specifically with, with you? Because I know, Bianca, you've had some time, but um, Ella, like, I know maybe having that time cut short, were you able to engage at all in the city, have some experiences? I know it was difficult probably with um, everything going on with COVID.
1: Yeah, we, so a group of us actually went into the city probably two weeks before everything kind of got shut down um so I got a little taste of it we went to like the bean and we went to some museum that was free that I wish I remembered the name of right now and (laughs) got coffee but no I haven't really been I mean we were there for probably two hours so I haven't really gotten to experience it yet
0: is there anything like on your Chicago bucket list that you'd like to do once all the madness has sort of passed by
1: well one that I did was eat deep dish pizza because I'd never had that before um Mm. but we did that we ordered it in though so we didn't go what is it? Interesting.
0: It looks, do you have like an that. do you have an opinion on the
1: I loved it. I thought I wasn't gonna like it because I don't like a lot of sauce. And I it just looked like it doesn't look that good to me, but when I <laughs> ate it, I was like, whoa. She's not wrong, folks. I, I <laughs> that's know, true. It was yeah. good. Um, what else? I wanna go like by the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: The waterfront? Yeah. I Maybe I actually ride. have been to the navy pier a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's just a fun like free day thing to do you just walk around there it's just so just so fun to just yeah be out there
1: it looks really pretty yeah or like get on a boat out there or something i
2: don't know how you
3: do that you could do the
2: architecture architecture the architecture tour tour. yeah yeah Yeah. that was pretty cool yeah Yeah. i actually like um i like where we live our neighborhood is west town and i think it has a lot of like potential to have cool things there. Like I, I kinda just saw it. Like I didn't really experience much since I've moved there. But I know like I can't wait for things to kind of be healthy enough to be open and try all these like Mexican restaurants and yeah, like so many good stores around there. Yeah. I think it's the biggest
3: one. Yeah. Just want to eat. Just, just want to eat Places. Yeah. Just want to eat in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Same.
0: Yeah, fair. Yeah. Same. Our favorite hobby <laughs> as well. Before, yeah, before
3: we, before we pivot a little bit, I wanted to, I did want to go back to, to some of a soccer thing, um, because I, I know that this has been on my mind. This is my little like thing that I'm on the trip that I'm on. I want to talk a little bit about, um, the turf burn, um, (laughs) (laughs) just because you, you famously had a rough, (laughs) well, I'm sorry. I missed. (laughs) No, it's okay. Just, you had a rough moment with the turf there. And and we actually talked about on the podcast. I think we. We saw, we even saw on the stream, we saw at home, the tackle that took that right off. And was just wonder what yeah. that experience has been like with the turf and how maybe like, because everyone talks about how the NWSL is physical and you're getting used to the speed of play, but that's an added element to it too, even when it comes to just physically playing the games.
1: Yeah, I think it, for sure. And it's not even just like the sliding and turf burns, it's just, it's just harder on turf, like on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but that tackle was probably my favorite moment of the game, actually, so it was worth it, but no, the turf burn hurts just really bad still, and I'm trying to get it under control. Everyone, I think everyone has like one or two. Yeah,
2: actually, I don't have any. Do you any. not have any? <laughs> I'm, lying. I'm so soft. <laughs> no, but you know what's funny is like, I think it was Michelle, she was like running, and she was like, ah. Oh. I was like, oh, are you sore somewhere? She's like, no, I just have like this turf burn on my knee, so every time she bends it, it kind of like mm-hmm. cracks. Yeah. Like, so like, it's funny that it's not even our muscles. Like, it's turf burns. Yeah. It's, it's such a thing. I feel like it's the like
1: conversation before every practice too. It's like, yeah. How's your turf burn? And, like everyone looks at it. Like, yeah. is it
2: better? Oh, that doesn't look good. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and it's like either on like on the side, like on your mm-hmm. butt cheeks, or is it? It's on your shin. Yeah.
3: I'm like, like
2: yeah, you, you have see. so many. Oh my
3: god. Like, yeah, see. we're getting we're getting. A- Really? Oh. The yeah, that's gnar. It's still mind. gnarly, just like days later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Misha's looks really good, actually. So I don't know what she's
2: doing. Maybe I <laughs> yeah. need. to like, yeah. has like a mom thing.
0: It's a mom thing. If you got if, uh, if all you listeners out there haven't had the chance to uh, watch or rewatch that Portland game with Ellis Stevens and this uh, turf burn that she's talking about, it's a very distinct moment in the game. Trust, you will not miss it. When we were analyzing it on the podcast we were just like oh she's she's very brave like <laughs> just like yeah my mom,
1: my, mom it was my brother maybe was like yeah I saw you I saw you when you got that turf burn <laughs> wait I was gonna say something never
0: mind it was a bit it's a very it's <laughs> a very distinct <laughs> I passed, point.
1: Like, on camera and he like called me out for it and I was like yeah it hurt really bad
0: <laughs> don't apologize for that if you're in pain express it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's totally fine um i do want to take um a quick moment also to just sort of give you guys um Uh, a little bit of a platform to the fans or an opportunity Um, you know when this tournament started there's been so much discussion about uh, Black Lives Matters and people showing their allyship and stuff and I know and we've seen uh, you guys uh, take a knee in solidarity with that so I just wanted to maybe ask the both of you uh, why you feel you know as people who are not Black why is it important to support the Black Lives Matters movement? I
2: think at the end of the day like we're all one we're all human. And like, I just see no color. Like, I mean, I see the color. I see that black people have faced injustice for way too long. But at the end of the day, I feel like we're all the same and should, we should be treated uh, equally. And I think it's so important to when we kneel, we don't kneel for anything else, but for the the actual cause of like police brutality and supporting our people it's not about the flag it's not about anything else it's just to show up support and I feel like people are getting into the mix and match of like oh it's this it's that no the general thing why we do that is for this reason stop trying to find external reasons just look at what we're doing and know our intentions and like I feel like people just get caught up about other topics and they get away from the main message and that's what's frustrating because we're doing we're all on the same page but people just putting their inter- interpretation and trying to change everything and it's like no we're doing this as a union yeah that's it
1: yeah and i think it's long overdue um and i think we're stronger together and if only black people kneeled if only black people were enraged about this nothing would change i mean that's been proven that's you can see that it's. So I think it's important for us to use the platform that we have, no matter how big or small, to, like, stand together and, like, this is not right and this should not continue and do everything that we can, you know, even just off the field because I think everyone sees the kneeling, but it's, you know, what are you doing off the field to really make a change? Um, And, yeah, I I just think it's important. And out of the question at this point for me, like, I'll kneel until there is change.
2: Yeah. And for me... Honestly, like not being born here in in America, it's it was not even a question like like should I kneel or not? It was like no, I'm gonna kneel. Like I know why I would kneel. But I like I've learned so much ever since that I didn't know what the controversy of not kneeling was just because it's not been ingrained in, ingrained in my traditions. So I've learned a lot about how much more complex and how much harder it is to have a change because there's so many different backgrounds for everybody and everybody has their own reasons. So like at the end of the day, if, if I can do my part, I think that will contribute to a change. And I just believe that we can do this together.
0: I appreciate you guys um, being so cool and being willing to answer a question like that. I know sometimes that makes people uncomfortable or they uh, shy away from that. So I appreciate you guys um, taking the time to, uh, express yourselves because uh, there was like a little bit of discourse kind of coming out of that first game it was really important to see because um, just echoing your statements already you know really got took away from the initial importance of the overall uh, message in general protest so so thanks for for that in terms of um, just sort of looking ahead and how far you guys have kind of come as a team kind of from that first group game and looking now into kind of closing out the group play can either of you just sort of um maybe go into just sort of where you guys started in that first game to where you are now and how you think you're gonna uh hit the knockout rounds. As it like
1: as a team soccer wise? Yep. Um
0: yeah, I mean I mean we I
1: think the first three games, like we said, we watched people's minutes. It was like learning, it was preseason games. So I think I feel good moving forward into this next game. Um we know where we need to be better. Um we know where our strengths are and I think if we can just put some In the back of the net
2: will be great yeah we need to score yeah we We gotta score (laughs) and every it's it's cool because the level of competition is always so high and standards are always so high so every practice you're competing for your spot you're never settling like no matter who you are you're always 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 competing
0: I do want to also bring up uh, really quickly, this might be a completely random fact, but I'm into random facts. For people who don't know, Bianca, I know you like did judo for a really long time yeah. um, in terms judo. of, yeah.
2: Judo. You did judo?
0: For a long time, like a yeah. 10 years something, right?
2: Yeah. It's uh, like a martial art that's based, like their primary reason to, to have this martial art is based on the defensiveness of things. So you're not an attacker. You're more like, how do you defend yourself?
0: Oh, so, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're, we're here to educate, educate the community. That's what South Sanctuary is about. Well, I brought that up because I was like, well, I kind of know this little fact about Bianca, but uh, I know a lot of times for athletes growing up, like you're involved in multiple sport or other athletics. So Ella, in terms of soccer, was there anything else that you were really into kind of growing up? Um, I did.
1: I mean, I was on the swim team in the summer. I remember when I was younger, I did gymnastics. And like, they wanted to like, moved me up a level and my mom was like you have to pick soccer gymnastics I was like soccer um and then I'm I'm pretty sure I played like rec basketball for my (laughs) church I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I don't know if it was like a legit league um (laughs) no but it's always been soccer that's been my focus for the
0: most part uh just to close out like sort of with a a fun question um I have two of them I wanted to know if either of you have like a favorite tiktok or favorite vine right now (laughs) come on hit me you gotta hit the fans let
2: them know uh, okay (laughs) mine is everyone that has the 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 song no i know if you
3: guys know what i mean no that was so much
0: yes yes
3: oh yeah yes that was very effectively communicated, actually. I do I, I love, like, any TikToks that TikTok that have that song. I don't know what
1: that
3: was. Maybe, I don't know. I
2: sang it so well, I don't understand.
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, you put me in the spot. I don't know. <laughs>
3: right.
1: I, don't, I, I just like ones that make me laugh.
2: Yeah, so many.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna give you time to think about it and we'll follow up with you again <laughs> somewhere on Twitter or somewhere. We'll ask. We'll yeah, ask, I'll, I'll go, go look right, right now. I'll go look Um and then uh just just you guys are in full swing. You're in tournament mode. Uh do you have like a, a go-to song that hypes you up for this tournament?
3: Oh. Oh yeah, you can look, you can look. Ella Ella
0: came prepared, yeah. so did Bianca. They're currently Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh my yeah. gosh. I really
1: like this one song. It's called Some Say by Felix john jane jane
0: can i play it real quick it's sick. yeah yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you're, <late. laughs> yeah, you're jamming over there yeah
2: that's nice
1: yeah and there's like a drop and it gets all fun yeah that
2: puts me in a good mood okay mine is i'm the men by 50 cents
0: nice nice I well, like, Bianca. that's great
2: that
0: the Bianca with the combo breaker all right, right. Fans, you know what to do you got to add those songs to your game day playlist right. uh, guys uh, I'm good on my end, Claire. you good on your end? Yeah,
3: this was great. Thank you
0: both so much for taking the time to hang out with us, really. I appreciate it so, so much. We're looking forward to seeing you guys close out the group stage. And as always, you will find us uh, supporting you guys and uh, reading for you. So good luck, and hopefully we'll talk to each other soon. Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you so
1: much. We
3: love
0: having you guys support us. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What an awesome interview that we just had with Bianca San Georges and Alice Stevens, Chicago Red Stars. Really dope to kind of get um, the perspectives of two players uh, getting their first minutes with this team at a professional level in a tournament-style format. Uh, It was dope to chat about some soccer things. It was really dope to chat about some not-soccer things. Uh, Claire, what do you think of that interview with our homies?
3: I thought it was great. I mean, I think, um, I I had this thought after I have this thought after every conversation we have with, with people who are on the inside, which is just like, um, I love it. I love these conversations, you know, for us, for us being outside the bubble, uh, we feel a a huge responsibility of trying to represent this thing fairly while not getting a ton of like one-on-one contact with people. So every time we can just chat and just see how everyone's doing and, the vibes are good and everyone's feeling okay. Like that always feels wonderful. And then also, I just really like talking to, you know, Red Stars about a variety of things because in general, it's a really thoughtful squad and they've got a lot of really good things to say. So yeah, I love talking to them.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if like people, um, are aware, but you know, with everything that's been going on right in the world in general and the return of, you know, professional team contact sports with NWSL. It's been um, a little bit of a a learning experience, kind of. um, There's definitely a learning curve and an an adjustment in terms of uh, adapting to how someone local would cover this game. I know Claire and myself and some others who are used to covering the Red Stars in a local capacity or are used to coverage, maybe looking a certain kind of way. And we've had to adjust some things and get comfortable in those adjustments. And that includes, you know, players, staff, coaches, um, really just sort of being able to figure out the best way to make sure that People are still talking about, you know, their teams and covering their teams and giving them the type of coverage that they're really used to getting. Um, so I really do appreciate that, you know, whether it's players or, or staff or coaches, when, when they take the time um, out of their schedules to uh, chat with us a little bit, you know, because they really, um, you know, are expressing a level of trust there um, when they commit to that. Uh, because, bottom line is, you know, and you guys have heard me say this like on the podcast, like nobody owes anybody a damn thing in this world. But when it comes to stuff like this, when it comes to the content, right, or the stories, or any of the coverage, uh, it looks and feels so much better when it's uh, really a collaborative effort. And, um, you know, with all of the limited resources right now in terms of being able to, um, Get those stories out. Um, it's awesome that players are yeah willing to uh, dive in to stuff like the soccer, you know, and stuff that's like not the soccer.
3: Yeah, I think also specific to Chicago's journey um, in this tournament, which is I'm sure something we're going to talk about more after this weekend. Um, which is that when you have national news coverage, I think that a, a natural thing is they follow the storylines, right? They follow like who's doing well and who's doing poorly and um you know they want to co- they want to talk to players that score magnificent goals and they want to talk about the players that make the big saves and that is good in the context that it it further's really valuable conversation about general league play um when you have a team like chicago that for the most part frankly like refused to participate in the first part of this tournament in that capacity there's less of an impulse from the national media to, to talk about it. And, and I think that's fine. You know, There are again, limited resources. Right. But I think we have always felt like our responsibility is to keep telling that story. Even, even when you're not getting the flashy stuff, because I think what Chicago is doing during this tournament is very compelling, despite kind of being a difficult thing to maneuver as media, because, um, people like to talk about narrative and they like to talk about payoff. And for Chicago, that's a much more complicated conversation. Um, and that's why talking to players is all the more important right now than perhaps ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just, again, more talking about like uh, different types of outlets, whether they're, you know, bigger, more mainstream or smaller and more independent, um, all of those channels are following those stories like Claire mentioned. So I'm sure there has been um, maybe a level of, I don't know if frustration is the right word, but there are definitely people out there that want to just hear about the soccer. And there are people out there that want to hear about the not soccer. So we try to do our best to talk about it all in a way that, you know, we feel is um, fair to the players um, fair to the club, and mostly authentic to us and how we want to continue producing uh, our content for the community. Um, so we appreciate everyone who has uh, been on this ride and this journey for us. Uh, it's still ongoing. It will be ongoing for a very long time. Um, and shout out to again to to Bianca and Georges and Ella Stevens for uh, being so cool to want to talk about the soccer and the non soccer stuff. I thought they. Let us in on some really important insight, both on a personal level and maybe kind of holistically from a team view as well.
3: Yeah, um, I thought it's great. I love it. I love having conversations with people that go beyond the soccer field. And that also seems to be something that Chicago really prides themselves on. So every new red star that I meet that is down to to talk about a variety of different things, um, I'm stoked for and I'm stoked that they're part of this team.
0: Another really cool thing that uh, I enjoyed once we sort of wrapped this interview and headed into the later hours of the night, um, you know, the Red Stars are going to be uh, taking on Utah roles in their final group play. And we went ahead and previewed that all for you during the last episode where we recapped the previous match. Uh, but a really dope thing that we've been seeing going around on the, all the Red Star social is the fundraiser that they're going to be participating in uh, before. Well, during, really, the Utah Royals match, it actually got all kicked off with, I believe it was Sarah Gordon, on her social media channels. And she went ahead and started tagging some of her teammates because she wanted to propose a challenge called the pass it on challenge so she said that for every pass she would complete in sunday's game against the royals she would donate five dollars to get your mind right chicago it's a mental wellness initiative which brings therapy to the hood so our people can begin to heal according to her instagram caption so she went ahead and um kicked everything off and started um she asked you know, a couple big dogs to commit and they did in Casey Short and Julie Ertz. And we're seeing it all over Instagram. We're seeing it all over Twitter. Um The wonderful supporters group, Chicago Local 134 have uh, been mentioned and added. And of course, as the wonderful supporters that they are, they're all in to support and uh, that's adding a, a certain layer to the game on Sunday and I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm here for it.
3: Yeah. Um I, I dare anyone on that broadcast to like consider that game meaningless because bitch there's money on the line and <laughs> it matters. My favorite was Kalia Watt saying that she was going to donate however much money for every time uh, Rory yells at them on the sideline, but she had to put a cap on it because she knew it was going to, it was going to get overwhelming. Um,
0: no, it's great. It's great to see they're having, they're having fun with it. Yeah.
3: Man. Yeah, they okay. are. Yeah. And it's, um, Again, it's – it's it. you have to invoke meeting into this stuff because a lot of what's happening right now, especially especially with this group stage, it's like everything's made up and the points don't matter. And quite frankly, the points situation that Chicago's gotten themselves in mean that this particular game against Utah doesn't have a ton of significance and um, nor do they – nor have they, you know, emphasized that or do they care about that a ton. So I don't want to, like, act like they've messed up or anything. But – um, Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Um
0: yeah, there's a lot of cool there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Sarah's doing it for passing, you know, Julia she's doing it for tackling, you know, Julia made a joke about um, you know, yelling from Rory, Uh, you know Casey Short is talking about for the (laughs) hundred meters
3: she runs all the meters that she
0: runs and I was like, Wow, love to be broke like Uh Cover some meters y'all like I don't know so um you know hit us up let us know if you're matching and who you want to match and or what you're doing to, to pass it on uh you'll love to see it um there have been numerous uh Chicago Red Stars players who have been putting in the work if you haven't checked it out already Claire has a great piece that's featuring Kayla Sharples and Hannah Davidson on Equalizer um just also two other additional players in the Red Stars who are highlighting. Um, the work that is trying to be done uh, both as a team and as individuals and to see something like this happen a few days out uh, before a game you could just tell that that's just a testament to some of the conversations and work that they're doing Um, you know There's a lot of discussion, especially since uh, a lot of the discourse from the very first Match Day One games come out about um, advocacy and, you know, what activism means or looks like to some people. And the truth is, is that it looks uh, very different to a lot of different people. Um, But the truth is, is that we're living in a world where uh, you have to really show it. Uh, You really have to show the work and uh, I think it's really cool that so many red stars players are showing uh, their work so definitely participate if you can Uh, understand that not everybody can always participate uh, in financial services because again guys support looks differently for different people Um, so by all means you know retweet those passing on images like them share them uh, get them going viral um, and try to participate uh, as as best you can and speaking of work uh, we want to highlight some additional work yes um, i went ahead and highlighted claire's claire i think you should go ahead and highlight this one
3: yeah i am um, so for me i i just really want to highlight um the 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 podcast i think i believe it's like a a live podcast that i
0: believe um, it is a um it is well how it got presented online was a youtube conversation a
3: youtube conversation okay i believe it's archived on youtube um go to sandra or my uh twitter timeline we've we've linked to it um and it's it's a conversation between um bria felician kelsey trainer and erica yala and Um, they, so, so Erica is, is primarily a writer. She, she writes about women's soccer, but she also is very much steeped in the world of women's hockey and women's basketball. Um, so she actually, I think has a breadth of women's sports knowledge that is this greater, honestly, than many of us who just cover women's soccer. Um, and she has talked about these things in those other places before. And she brought that into the women's soccer sphere, obviously, because they're one of the only leagues playing and because it's incredibly relevant to um, the conversation around all of this. And it aired last night, and I I will say for me, um, I felt very kind of brought back in by that conversation. I felt very like I felt like I was kind of floating a little bit untethered, and I felt like I was brought back um on message by that. Um always just listen to black women, you guys. And I think that I just wanted to say for myself, and and I was like, I want to say this. I don't know the best way to. I think probably this is the best place to do it amongst people who listen to us regularly. Um, which is just that uh I think a long process for me over the last, you know, week and a half, almost two weeks now, is trying to pull my own ego outside of this conversation. Because I think sometimes um, frustration and anger and accountability is productive, but a lot of times it's not. And um, I think that one of the things that they were saying during this conversation and that I really internalized was that um, a fixation on who is standing during the national anthem and continue conversation about those people um, uh, isn't helpful. It's not helpful. Uh, and it actually, I think for me, I can, well, I can only really just speak for myself in that the main work that I've had to do this week inside like my own self is differentiating what things are productive as a, a voice in this community and what things I'm pursuing because I, as a white person, am annoyed by them. And One of those things is helpful and one of those things is not. And one of those things is uh, being an ally and one of those things is self-serving. And so I just would encourage everybody to, yes, I understand being frustrated by hypocrisy, specifically as a white person who has worked very hard to try to walk those things back. I get it. But when you prioritize those things, you are still centering yourself and your own feelings, and your own frustration. And it's hard to let that go, nor do I think it's entirely not useful. But in this moment, it's about amplifying the voices that need to be amplified. It's about staying on message. And it is about finding a way forward that is not feeding your own ego and your own frustrations. So that is a long like, conversation I've been having with myself over the last 24 hours. And that was sprung by this conversation that we watched. And I think that um, I just wanted to highlight that and talk about how it impacted me and encourage everyone else to listen to it too. Because I think that um, it was really, really, really useful. And I feel like much more centered going forward because of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched it twice. <laughs> good.
3: Know, I, yeah, right. I should go back and watch it again. I watched uh, yeah. it
0: twice. It was it was that it was that good. Uh, you know, we're we say it all the time. We're we're big fans of 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 Bria Felician, you know, Erica Ayala, you know, Kelsey Turner. They they're all people yeah. who have been doing work on their own and um this conversation was really good. And of course it was spearheaded by Erica Ayala and uh, you know brought in two additional voices and right. of course in typical true fashion you know black women are <laughs> leading the way again
3: yeah, absolutely and, yeah
0: um making people uh put in uh, perspectives of of you know things that uh, should be put in perspective. So um, I enjoyed it a lot. I watched it a first go around, and then I watched it once more <laughs> before bed because I was like, "Let's just absorb some knowledge before bed. That would be yeah, that would be really great." Um, so that's what we wanted to do here. We wanted to just highlight some work because today was a, a felt like a day about doing some work, and I think everyone is still doing some work, and that includes uh, uh, our, ourselves. So um, check that out if you have a chance. Uh, please, again, check out Claire's piece with uh, Hannah Davison. and
3: Yeah, they're really great. They've thought about this a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah, Kayla Sharples and Hannah Davison was a really good piece on Equalizer. Um, I had a fun conversation um, with Meg Lenahan of The Athletic, and she launched her podcast ahead of, uh, really, the, the Challenge Cup, and she's had a number of great interviews. And I mean, we're talking about – big time players and Allie Krieger and Crystal Dunn. And um, that was very cool that she even wanted to interview me because I'm, I'm just some bitch with a blog and a podcast and I'm just like, cool. Um, But it was fun talking about some soccer and some not soccer. Um, So if you're into podcasts, if you're listening to this one, go check that one out Uh, and, uh, you know, continue to uh, do the work, learn, Um, continue to unlearn and um, continue to, you know, support these, these athletes, these black athletes and black lives in general and people in black communities. Um, Claire, if you have any other work that's coming up or that you want to highlight or let people know how they can find you and engage with you, how can they do that?
3: I mean, same as always. You can find me at Southside trap.
0: Guys, Again, we're talking about showing support in the best ways that you can. And if you're able to, you know, find that Patreon. Please subscribe with us. We are very proud of the work that we're doing here. Uh, It's work that, again, is ongoing and always evolving, I think, as we are learning. And if you're able to, pick a tier that works for you. If not, there's a ton of other ways. Continuing support of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast to help you stay inside with the Chicago Red Star. You can do that by following us on all social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can also find the podcast on streaming services like Spotify and iTunes. So find us, give us a like, subscribe, rating, review. That stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to continue producing Red Star's content for you all. So everybody, please continue to be safe. Uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, wash your face, wash your everything and continue your support of Black Lives. And we will be back with you soon with a new episode.